Good day to all of our investors and general listeners. This is the Rudd Commentary. My name is Josh Rudd, and I'll be your host on this presentation today. And with me direct from the trading room, as always, is Jack Hur. Busy day, Jack? Yeah, pretty busy in there. Well, I don't know about you, but this has been one of the most volatile weeks in my career, going back, uh, oh gosh, to 2001. So, uh, what about 19 years? Before we get into our main discussion today, I just wanted to... Uh, Start off the program with some very appropriate humor. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Do you know why God gave us stock market analysts? Why is that? To make weather forecasters feel better. <laughs> All right. I like the humor. Well, I'll, get, I'll, cut, I'll cut, to the, cut to the chase now. I'm sure our listeners are eager to know how things are going in the trading room. So why don't you go ahead and share with us some of the main themes since our last podcast? Okay, will do. I appreciate the, the humor after a long week. So pretty tough week in the stock market, like you said. All eyes are obviously on the coronavirus right now, and there seems to be a lot of panic as we officially entered correction territory, being down nearly 15% this week. I think right now there's a lot of uncertainty of the market and what the actual impacts of this virus are going to be on a global scale. I also think that this off has been much more extreme in the short term, given that we had been trading at record highs for the majority of 2019 and really saw little to no resistance getting to those levels. But like I said, uncertainty seems to be the main factor here. We don't know where this virus will appear next or how quickly it will spread once it gets there. Companies are also starting to observe the impact that this virus may have on their businesses and their supply chains, especially companies who have lots of international business, for example, U.S. manufacturing plants in China, South Korea. But now we are starting to see governments potentially getting involved from a fiscal and monetary standpoint as well. I believe the U.S. will be passing a bill for research and containment efforts soon, while the Fed says it is ready to decrease rates if it has to. So to sum this up, we really do have a lot of different balls in the air right now, and I think this market is reacting with this uncertainty by selling off, perhaps even a little irrational in some cases. The good thing is that here at the Rudd Company, we have been ready for a situation like this, and Josh and I have been in the trading room all week looking for opportunities wherever we can find them. So a lot to dig into there, and you know we certainly can today, but anything stand out to you, Josh? Well, first let me comment just on the coronavirus in general. That's kind of been the main headline that we've seen here recently. And based on, well, let me say this. I'm, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not going to play one on the, on the podcast. But I'll tell you just based on my experience in the financial markets and just in history in general and what we've observed this week, I don't believe that the current sell-off, Jack, has been entirely driven by the virus itself. And you made the point about, you know, going, you know, kind of bouncing along the, the market highs. And if you look over the last decade, we've had an incredible increase in the money supply, uh, the availability of credit, and just in turn, just the general value of assets across the board. And Jack, this is from stocks to bonds to, to metals. And the stock markets reflected this and valuations are pretty rich across the board in a lot of the companies that we follow. Uh, I know you'd probably agree, you know, just looking at it from an analyst perspective. Yeah, definitely. Having said that, I do believe the virus and the associated headlines could have been the match that ignited the fire uh, that is currently spreading through the financial markets. And I also don't want to downplay the seriousness of the virus and, and the pandemic in China. Uh, I just want to point out that a lot of it seems to me, if you look at history um, and we compare this to some of uh, the past pandemics, I mean, gosh, going all the way back to the Spanish flu, 
um, looking at SARS and some of the other things, it really looks more like a short-term issue for us. And I believe that when we go down the road three to five years, we're going to look back and and this is going to be, Jack, another one of those blips on the charts that we so often see and that we point to and we use as an example. So uh, hopefully that puts it in, in context and, and is one of the primary reasons that I feel very confident you know, stepping into some of the opportunities that we're seeing right now in the financial markets. Yeah, definitely. Definitely puts that into context, and I'm glad we you know, covered that. So uh, would you like to go straight into our topic today or anything else you want to add? I just want to make one comment. I've seen some questions come across about, you know, the main question that I've heard is, is this going to continue? And I just wanted to you know, comment on that a little bit and, and make sure that our clients and general listeners understand that it's very possible. You know, the markets are, markets are run by humans, uh, much like our government, and we're emotional beings, and the headlines on this current virus, uh, when you look at it, it seems like times that you know, fear can take over and create an environment where really, Jack, the facts kind of take a back seat and that can create stress. And also, fortunately for us, opportunity for those of us that can be a little bit more dispassionate and logical in our assessment. Yeah, I think um, the main thing I've been hearing all week is just an uncertainty and people, you know, they don't want to hold on to money going into the weekend and into the next day you know headlines can come out at any specific time but i do agree about the short-term angle for sure and you know hopefully we're looking back at this in a month or a couple months and you know it is a blip on the radar like you mentioned so um you know we covered if you felt that this would continue um but you know during times of volatility like this um, do you feel like there are any opportunities whether that's you know specifically right now you want to use an example or you know just in your times in the past um, are there any basic strategies you like to employ absolutely and really the past 48 hours for us has been extremely active here on the desk and just within the firm in general, as I know the rest of the team would, would say, you know, especially the last few minutes of closing today, you could probably hear all through the office, um, you know, the activity that was taking place. So I can't share any specific names, but I can tell you that just making our small investments, so just stepping in and taking advantage of securities and investments we've been watching for some time. And really that's just come from being prepared and waiting for that opportunity to add uh, to an existing position or to establish a position that we've been watching, Jack. Yeah. And I think preparation is key. I know, you know, I've, I've talked about it on this podcast before, you know, we have our watch list, things like that. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, those are something we're always monitoring. And in these type of markets, a lot of those, you know, securities are going to come within range or at least, you know, to a point where we're interested. So the next, next thing I want to talk about today is, you know, just how people view the market in times like this. Um, making investments in this environment can be very difficult for most investors, as we know. Um, obviously, you know, people panic like I talked about before. Josh, do you have any advice for those who might be concerned about staying invested during this time, you know, things they can do or, you know, maybe strategies they can use? Absolutely. And I'm glad... Uh, you use the, the phrase staying invested. That's always one of the big challenges, isn't it, during times like this and, and why you see the markets uh, have this precipitous fall. So there's a lot of stress that happens, right? You know, I just talked about how we're emotional beings and uh, our responses are not always based on 
on facts more they're they're more so uh, reactions and, and a lot of knee-jerk reactions when we pull that trigger and also want i don't want investors if you've been through something like this to be so hard on yourselves um you know over the last 20 to 30 years with technology think about uh, those of you who have been investing for a long time when you started you probably had to call somebody to sell out of a security and Jack, I know that you and I have talked about it. Then came the internet and we could all click a button and, and sell out very easily in private and nobody has to know or talk us out of it. And now it's even easier, right? There's absolutely no friction. Uh, we can sell with, with, in a lot of cases, no trading fees. So I just, I want, to, I want to put things into perspective. It's very easy to, in a lot of cases, do the wrong thing and sell out and make an emotional decision uh, when things get a little stressful. So um, I just want to set ourselves up for, for that. Um, but some advice, if those of you are wondering, you know, should I stay invested? Uh, what's the best way for me to uh, stay invested and not panic in, in a market like this? Let me give you a couple of pointers. Uh, the first one is just be informed. I have been giving advice to individuals in, in the wealth management industry for two decades now. And it never ceases to amaze me that some very successful families who uh, have advanced degrees or are very successful in their own right uh, take very little time to simply understand what you own and just have a well-rounded understanding of how your money's invested, what you own, and, and really just the basics of how it works. So I want to give one example, and I hear a lot of this during down markets. We manage money for uh, very successful individuals that will take income off of their investments after they retire. And I get the question why you would want to own individual stocks as a retiree. As a listener, I don't know your specific situation, but this example I think will help. If you own a stock and say it's worth $30 a share and it pays a $1 per year dividend, that's about a 3.3% dividend income yield off of that stock. Well, think about if that stock price goes down to $20 a share. And Jack, we've seen a lot of those in this market. We've seen these you know, drastic sell-offs, and we've seen really high-quality companies move by 10 15 and, and 20%. But let's use that as an example and say what this new stock is worth $20 a share, and, and you're still getting your dollar dividend. Jack, do you know what that dividend yield is after that decline? Yeah, it's, it's a lot more than it originally was. Well, it's now 5%. So... I'm not guaranteeing or saying that a company's going to continue to pay a dividend or increase that dividend, but I can tell you that one of the reasons we buy good quality companies is for the income and the profits that they pay out. And just understanding very simple concepts like that is really going to help you if we go into a down market. If you equate what you own to the one-armed bandit at Las Vegas, it would be very difficult for me, I don't know about you, Jack, but to stay invested. You know, you have a bad run of cards, you don't know what else is left in the deck, and you get nervous, and you cut your losses, and you go back to your hotel room, and, and that's it. Yeah. But that's not what we do here. Uh, we're investing in real companies, make real products that people buy every day. And I know sometimes it's tough to think about companies like this, but people are not going to stop buying toothpaste because of a virus. They're going to continue to brush their teeth, and these companies that manufacture those products are going to continue to sell toothpaste, make money and pay out dividends. And just thinking about it and understanding what you own is a big deal. So I would say the first one, Jack, is be informed. Um, another one that I think really helps, and I see this in practice in the firm, is have a well-formed plan and stick to it. So at our firm here at the Rudd Company, we run 
a lot of different scenarios when a family comes in and we're looking at retirement planning or, or someone's in retirement and looking at uh, impact or stress testing in a market sell-off. And if you've invested time in this planning process, what you're going to find is that you're more prepared uh, for the environments like this. And, and as you said, Jack, earlier, just you know, be prepared ahead of time. You know, that's, that's the key. And I think the last one, uh, sometimes this frustrates us because um, I know investors are reluctant to share their concerns in a lot of cases. It's kind of like sitting in a crowded room and you're listening to an expert talk and sometimes we're afraid to raise our hand and ask a question. But I think communicating with your advisor uh, about your concerns is huge in a market like this. This is what we're paid to do. And I think one of the challenges uh, is that in markets like this, Jack, wouldn't you agree that we're a little busier? Yeah, definitely busy in the trading room. And so it's it's uh, two, three times as busy as we normally are. And so in a lot of these uh, difficult markets, we are not able to make those outgoing calls to see how things are going and, and making sure uh, that facts haven't changed in your financial life. And those are things that we want to know. So definitely communicate uh, with your professional or advisor uh, about your concerns. It, it makes a huge difference and uh, can really lower the stress level. And, and also, if I don't add this, uh, a very important part, I'm going to regret it. It's also a great time, selfishly for us as advisors, to, to hear from you to know if your risk tolerance has changed. If we're down 20% and it's causing some problems in your life, uh, then we need to talk about that. Uh, we might need to reassess that risk tolerance. And as I tell all of our new clients, it takes uh, usually a couple years or a really nice downturn in the market uh, to really dial those risk tolerances in and really understand uh, the appropriate model uh, that we're using to manage your money. So uh, I think those are three things, Jack, that I think could really help out investors uh, during these stressful times to, to stick with their plan. Yeah, and I'm glad you added that at the end. I, I can't stress enough. I'm constantly looking at our different portfolios every day, our different strategies, and you know, they really are much different. They, their strategy is much different. Their objective is much different. So to be able to you know, identify your risk tolerance and um, you know, invest from there, that, that's a big deal. Yeah, communicating changes in your life. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, make sure you're doing that with your investment professional or, or wealth coach. With everyone, right? Absolutely. All right. And I, I think the last question I have for you today, and this is kind of on the, the flip side of what we just discussed, is do you have any advice for those um, you know, potentially looking for an opportunity right now? So I know we can only go so far discussing specifics, um, but you know, just in general, do you think there's any, any opportunity out there? Well, Jack, you're a man after my own heart. I love uh, the opportunity. I think this is a wonderful business. It's exciting to be in. And, and just to uh, make a point here, have you ever wondered, Jack, why we are the, in the only, we're, we're in the only business where when, when we mark our prices down to all-time lows, people run away? Yeah. And then <laughs> when we, when we mark them up to all-time highs, like uh, uh, two weeks ago, people throw money at us. You ever, you ever thought how backward that seems? Yeah. So, and that, that's really the way that as a, as professionals, a lot of us think in the industry. Um, and so, for those looking for opportunities in a market like this, I would tell you that one of the uh, pieces of advice uh, I have for you is similar to what we talked about before, just being prepared. And, you know, I, I talk to my, uh, my wife, Jennifer, about this a lot. It's, it's about, it's very similar to painting. A lot of the, if you want to paint something and you want to do it very well, and I'm not talking about a painting, I'm talking about, you know, your home or uh, painting a project that you have. A lot of the success and, and, 
that comes out of that project goes into the prep work. It's not emotional. You don't just pick up a paintbrush and, and decide to start, you know, slopping paint around on something that you spend a lot of time on. you got to tape it off and make sure that, that you've done the important prep work so that you can have success. And that's very similar to what we do. The, the investments that we've made over the last couple of days didn't come from an emotional twitch that I got at 5 a.m. this morning. It came from work that we've done, in some cases, over quarters and years. And we update those price targets on a regular basis. But by preparing, we can make sure we know what the prices are that we want to buy at, where we think uh, we'd like to be in that security. And then what's wonderful is we can pull the trigger and take the shot when we're ready. And sometimes, as I'm sure you'd agree, those opportunities last uh, for just minutes. And we need to get in and make that investment quickly. And we just can't do that if we're not prepared. So I'd say being prepared is probably the number one piece of advice I could give to our listeners today. The, the next thing is in order to do that, in order to, to make it through this type of a market and be very opportunistic, you have to have uh, a lot of layers of liquidity. And I know that's a broker word that we throw around quite a bit that analysts use as well. But it doesn't mean you have to have everything in cash, but it means you have to have uh, assets or, or, or um, accessible cash and securities that we can get to quickly without a big change in price. And that's why you're seeing a lot of the demand in treasury bonds that you're seeing today, Jack, is because investors uh, are putting money where they know that they can get to it if they want to take advantage of an opportunity or a later time. Now, in some cases, in a lot of cases, they're doing it to protect their assets, but still, it's a great place, and, and we use that strategy, too. Uh, treasury bonds are a great place to have those layers of liquidity. So look at, uh, look at money that comes due in six months or three months or a year, and just have that available cash so that you can take the shot uh, if you have an opportunity that comes available. And the last thing that I see that, that really comes up quite a bit, um, as an aggressive investor, uh, I can tell you firsthand that sometimes you get really excited about an investment opportunity uh, and all the opportunities that are out there. And Jack, how many, how many uh, stocks were in the red today on the screen? A lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say we have 10 or 15 stocks that are hitting our price targets in a day. Well, sometimes we can't take advantage of all those buys. So we need to have a plan, know where we want to be, know the layers of liquidity we have, and we need to stick to it. So I'd say sticking to your plan is probably a, a great piece of advice that I could give those investors that are look out there looking for opportunity. Know how much cash you have to invest. Uh, don't take things out of the kid's college plan to go in and buy a stock that you really like. <laughs> uh, have a plan, stick to it, uh, and it's going to really give you a lot of sat satisfaction when things go your way next time. Yeah, and the word that kept popping into my head is process. Um, I know here we we're focused on the process, not just in the trading room, but you know everywhere in our firm. But especially in the trading room these days, um, you know this week you know, we really have to focus on that, and you know that's that's kind of getting us through this week and helping us out with those opportunities. So thanks uh, for answering those questions. Appreciate the recommendations to our listeners and our clients. And um, you know from here, I don't really have any other questions. Was there anything else you'd like to cover? You know, I would, Jack. I'd like to, just before we wrap up today, I'd like to say that here at, at the Rudd Company, myself and Jack and all of our staff, we, we realize that invest, investing is, is very important and, and it's a serious endeavor. Uh, we know that all of you have worked very hard for your wealth and we take that responsibility very seriously. If you or our clients and listeners, if you have any questions or concerns, 
uh, like we talked about, about reaching out to your advisor, we definitely want to share you to share those questions and concerns with us. And we're happy to help you during this volatile time. So please don't hesitate to give us a call if there's anything we can do to help. We can be reached via email at rudco at therudcompany.com or via our website uh, messaging or via phone. And I just want to, Jack, take a minute to thank all of our listeners today. This is the Rudd Commentary. I'm your host, Josh Rudd. And from all of us here at the Rudd Company, invest long and prosper. This commentary is distributed for informational purposes only and is not intended to constitute legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Nothing herein constitutes any offer to sell or solicitation of any offer to buy any security. All investment strategies and investments involve risk of loss, including the possible loss of principal invested, and nothing herein should be construed as a guarantee of any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Any opinions expressed by employees of the Rudd Company are the Rudd Company's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of any affiliates. The opinions expressed by guest speakers are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Rudd Company or any affiliates. Guest appearances on this program does not imply the Rudd Company's endorsement of any entity, person, product, service, or investment. All opinions are current and only as of the date of recording and are subject to change without notice. 